0: This is Revolting with Steve and Robot on the Cycling Independent, episode 54, Gravelly Serious.
1: And content warning, this podcast contemplates both mature and immature themes. If you're sensitive or, quote, grown up, end quote, you might not like what we're about to talk about. This is your chance to go away before we start doing the thing that everyone else likes for us to do. All 15 of them. So oh, God
0: This is the Earth's most popular podcast.
1: It's getting on Earth. It's it's getting a little bit of I think it's getting I well, I don't know. I don't look at any of the numbers or anything, but it seems like, you know, people have mentioned it to me in passing. Yeah. That they listen to it. Even one the
0: most mentioned in passing podcast <laughs> in the world.
1: One woman said uh, she sent me a message and she's like, "Oh, cool! Like, I, I get an opportunity to, to listen to two what two middle aged white guys think about stuff. <laughs> like, who <laughs> fucking cares?" And I said, "Yes, yes, this is absolutely true, but it's not necessarily that we're expressing opinions, as it is we're per- expressing like vague perspectives and like we don't know anything about anything." I think that's maybe the difference.
0: The feedback I heard this week was uh, a, a woman uh, of middle age also who said uh, someone asked what oh you're listening to that?" And she replied, "Yeah, they're, they don't they're not talking about anything <laughs> <laughs> but it's fascinating.
1: <laughs> uh, the bar on what's fascinating is uh, maybe pretty low. Maybe it's fascinating that we just keep going. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they haven't made a valid point one e- to each other for like six episodes, <laughs> they but just, they just keep talking at each other's faces. Just
1: won't shut up. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: I want uh, to, before we start, I want to share this with you. Okay. Um, I had, you know, my wife, I do. um, you know how lovely she is. I do. And, uh, before, for a long time, before, She's listening to this also. Uh
1: uh, which is hilarious to like me. Like right but, now, like uh, in real time, she's listening to it, or she will be hearing this. she will be hearing it. This okay. is like
0: me planting some sort of or hiding some Easter egg later that we can uh peel and eat together. Do okay. people eat Easter eggs? Anyway, whatever. Yes. Um so for the longest time, she when I was leaving for a ride, she would say, ride safe! And I would go, okay, And so we and eventually what I said to her was it sort of bums me out that when I'm going out to do this thing that's super fun, your fixation is on safety. And she said, well, that's because I love you and I want you to come back safely. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, but what about the fun? And so we had a little back and forth about this. And then she said, how about just get fucked? And I was like, (laughs) I was like, yeah, from now on, when I leave on a ride, you say get fucked. And what I'll hear is have fun. And what you'll be saying is ride safe. But we'll just condense that to get fucked. So and I kind of forgot we had the conversation. But then I left the other morning. I was like, "Uh, I should be back in a couple hours. She's like, we'll get fucked. And uh I was like, well, you know, we've been together 30 years and I feel like that is progress.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. But let's circle back around to having somebody uh, who loves you and wants you to get back safely. I didn't understand that part. Yeah, it's weird, right? I don't. It's a totally foreign concept to me.
0: Well, I mean, it, let me let me offer you this, my friend. Um, I love you. And I want you to come back from all of your endeavors safely.
1: Hmm. Well, I know I, I, click. I know what the words mean. It's just that the whole <laughs> feeling is is weird. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna work. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on that. I'm gonna put that in my mental hopper.
0: I I'll give you this also. When we do this thing that we do that we're doing right now, and I fire up Skype. And your dumb face shows up. I'm like, yay, there he is.
1: <laughs> he didn't do himself Look like, oh, at his
0: face is still dumb.
1: Again. Nice again. work. Uh, well, thank you. That's oh, nice. Yeah. It's nice to hear. I was, I got my sec, second or third COVID shot the other day, and mm-hmm. I was not feeling super well. I didn't feel, I wasn't feeling terrible. Um but I was in, I spent the day in bed and then it occurred to me while I was in bed. If, if I, if something bad were to happen and I died, it's a guarantee that nobody would find me for at least a week. My Mm. parents have been gone. I'm not, they're not checking in with me. I would be dead a week. And I used to think when Lane Staley, is that how you pronounce his last name? The guy from Alice in Chains, he died and they didn't find him for a week or 10 days or something. I was like, wow, what a sad existence. But as I'm laying, not feeling well in bed, I was thinking like, it would probably be three or four days minimum before anybody missed my presence, which is a weird thing. Like when you're just so out of like anyone's orbit that, well, he didn't text me back but it was just it was a weird thing. And, I, and it was kind of like, OK, well, yeah, this is kind of a new new reality, you know, not having anybody checking in on you.
0: I think that I hear what you're saying, and I think it it cuts both ways. So on the one hand, you're like, would anyone notice? How long would it take someone to notice if I died? On the other hand, looking at it from a different perspective most of the time I want to be left the fuck alone and you can't
1: have one without the other. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's fair point. Um, but being left alone and not, not having people just like send you, send you a text message, but you know, just to say like, Hey, are you still there? But just like I said, being in somebody's (laughs) general orbit, you know, like to have somebody laying eyes on you, not because they're afraid that you're going to die from your COVID shot, but just because you're in their world on a regular basis. Like this is the first time I've not been in anyone's world in a long time. And it's, and it's, it's, it's a curious sensation, I guess, like to think like this has been a major shift where people people I just nobody sees me and you know like I don't have anybody to check in with I don't it's just it's I don't know I'm not like whoa is meing it or anything here it's just like it's just a weird thing you know like it'll be yeah. days before it'll be good it'll go it'll be days between making like consistent contact with people and you know, somebody texts you and you go, okay, I got to get back with them. And then you don't for a couple of days. You know, I'm generally pretty good about reaching back out to people, but, um, whatever. It was just a, it was just a realization that I had the other day while I was in the throes of a, uh, cold induced, uh, cold, uh, cough syrup induced semi-coma. I,
0: I, I hear what you're saying. I have said to you before, because I am very, um, uh, tightly woven with wife, kids and dog. Right. And um I have said to you before that if they weren't around I don't know really how I would you know
1: I would spin off into space. Those having people like that are a, there a, it's a real consistent anchor. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and so the so the follow-on from that, and I think I said this to you last episode or the episode before that, was that I'm really fascinated by the situation you're in now where you're making a new life for yourself and seeing how—I think you're doing way better than I would do uh, for all of the struggles of it. I—I— I, I am on sort of like family lockdown and that keeps me doing and and thinking the right thoughts most of the time. But if they go away for three or four days, I become like semi feral. (laughs) You know, I start making the kind of decisions uh, usually attributed to Florida man (laughs) in Internet memes or or I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. While you guys were gone, I remembered life is meaningless and I threw myself off a building like that. That is how tenuous my grasp is and how
1: important your family leaves for a few days to go like visit, you know, uh, relatives or something. And then they read in the newspaper that you got arrested for driving a burning car through a Taco Bell drive through and trying to pay for your meal with a bag of hot dogs or something like that. And they're like, well, yeah. dad That's lost it. That's not day four, but it's probably day six.
0: You know, if they were gone for two weeks, they would probably come home and be like, how did this, um, how did feces get all over the walls in here?
1: I'd be like, well, I don't know. Lord of the Flies. You Lord I'm of the Flies I'm almost done with yourself. Netflix, though. <laughs> I saw all of the porn on the internet. Yeah, I watched it all. Reached the finish line. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's uh, it's it's kind of a wacky, it's a wacky new world. I don't know. You're uh, doing great. Hey, thanks. <laughs> uh, so we got uh, let's, do, let's do music picks of the week, pick yeah. of the week, and then uh, and then we got a word from our sponsor. But uh, you have your band has a number of names. It's it just happens to be all of the same.
0: Yeah, my pick for this week is. Pigs, 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 pigs. Which is how you say it. Uh, it's seven. <laughs> it's seven times. But if you say it in that rhythm, actually, it's not hard to say.
1: I want to be in on that. Like I wish I could have been sitting around the the living room where the the people in the band s- s- are coming up with band names, and somebody yeah. said "pigs" seven times, and everybody's like, "Yep." that is gold <laughs> that's gold see my, my view is
0: that someone said pigs and they were like no that's too simple how about pigs pigs
1: <laughs> and then they just got sort of aggro with each other and ended up on seven of them <laughs> so let's uh, let's talk about pig pigs 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 pigs
0: if you want to find them online their website is pigsx7.com so pigs 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 pigs, pigs is um, a doom slash stoner metal band. they're not though. They're the, they're kind of their own thing. I I think, and they're from, I believe they're from Newcastle in the United Kingdom.
1: It's a so real I, it's a real conce- it's like a concept piece. Like there's like it's all of the things that you mentioned, all of the genres you mentioned, but. I feel like there's a lot of, um, sort of like, uh, art concept behind it too. You know, it's not just a band. It's more than that.
0: It's not just a metal band. It's like, uh, it's kind of operatic. Like the singer has this huge voice. Um, and so I kinda, for me, it's like, it's a little bit like if you took Black Sabbath and Electric Wizard... And mix them with i', I don't, I'm gonna I'm once you mention two bands and a thing like that, you're already off track, but they are amazing pigs, 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 pigs,
1: pigs, pigs, pigs
0: i I really love them, and I thought maybe I had picked them before, but I couldn't remember
1: uh, so, no you didn't, I, but you have <laughs> you have uh sent the, sent me texts about them. Before, yeah, I don't, really, I don't remember where I first heard about them, but I know that you and I have discussed them before at some point.
0: Yeah, yeah, they are so good. Um, they're so good, and I find their music soothing because it's not fast; it's very slow and uh, uh, dirgy. Meditative. That's always the that's dirgy. always
1: the the adjective that I've used, and I don't even really know what it means. Sounds. Like it fits though. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. So pigs, 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 pigs. And what's your pick this week? Uh, mine is a band. I think they're defunct now. Um, but this is a not not just a band, but this record in particular. It might be one of my most favorite music pick of the weeks in the fifty three fifty four episodes we've done thus far. Uh, they're called Big Ups, and their record is called Before a Million Universes. And it is a goddamned masterpiece. It is like if you wow. like Slint or Bastro or Bitch Magnet or East Dutch India trading, touch and go, uh quarter stick esque records.
0: Hey, I like all that.
1: This is this is the this is the shit. And I, I just sort of stumbled across it and I can't get enough of it. Yeah, it's it's you know, sometimes you get a record and you love it and you devour it and you listen to it nonstop every waking moment. And then it's sort of like the switch gets flipped and you and you you sort of reach saturation. Not that you're tired of it, but you've heard everything in it that that I think you can hear or that maybe you can hear. And then this. It's one of those records that uh, it's it's beautifully packaged. It's beautifully uh, recorded. It is, it's like listening to a new record every time I put it on. And I like the next listening more than I like the last listening.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. So before. I have
0: never even heard of it, which gives me, um... Is ear boner
1: a term? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, an ear boner. Before a million <laughs> universes by Big Ups. It's uh, I can't say enough good things about it. I don't know anything about the band. They have uh, a few records. They did a KEXP live recording. Uh, I don't know five years ago or something. And and uh, you know, I don't think they're I don't think they're a band anymore. And I don't know what happened to the people in the band and what they're doing. <laughs> Nothing. I don't know anything about it. <laughs>
0: Just, oh, we might have just to just some CSI on that. This reminds me that I got some very nice emails from a person who goes by the name rampant Panda uh, that w- I believe rampant Panda lives in Finland, um, takes beautiful photographs. Go check it out. Rampant Panda. Uh, uh, he, uh, he, I believe he was uh, very grateful for our uh, music picks. And I, that makes me happy because sometimes I say these things and I'm like, we're talking to like two people. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is like, I'm
1: never listening to any of that. <laughs> uh, it might be Christina uh, Sinkovic, who has she's done some writing for the Cycling Independent and yeah. um, she's an old friend of mine. She was talking about compiling a yes. list or putting together sort of a playlist or or a physical list or something she was she was discussing the possibility of doing that not that she has an abundance of free time uh with which to assemble something like that but at some point maybe between the three of us we can put something like that together but i'm glad that uh, i'm glad that they appreciate it i'm glad you know somebody's getting something out of it i think it's it's kind of fun for me because i've definitely learned about some new stuff through you for my own collection slash edification. So it's good. It's good. I'm glad.
0: All right. We're both glad then. And we're going to pause now to say nice things about Shimano. Shimano. Yeah.
1: Oh, Hey, it's story time with Steve. When I was eight or nine years old, my mom and dad bought me my first BMX bike. It was a JC Penny free spirit. And in time I went on to put some nice accessories and components on it like a tough neck stem and CW bars which just made it sort of the embodiment of putting a nice frame on a shitty painting. One day I was hanging out at the local bike shop which during the winter was a ski shop. It was a little tiny place run by this guy named Andy and one day he gave me a 10-inch long die cut shimano sticker it was blue and i didn't really know what shimano was or anything about it but i put it on my top tube and immediately made the bike 150 percent cooler it was around that time that i probably became a lifelong shimano guy whoa Shimano. shimano! <laughs> So we clap ourselves in. This is a thing. And I guess it's it's so Patrick, who sort of does the engineering, he, he knows how to sync all of the stuff up. They're like registration holes, auditory registration holes. And today we clapped ourselves in at the start and we clapped ourselves in right after the ad spot. And yeah. we clapped in sync perfectly both times. I don't know if you noticed that, but this is the first time. It's always like three, two, one. <laughs> we're, not, we're not not quite there but today we got it nailed
0: turns out podcasting is not the only thing we're not very good at <laughs> alright alright right, yeah. all alright 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 so this episode is about gravel racing uh, now that there's a world championships of gravel it seems pretty obvious that the racer heads are taking over the sport which will lead inevitably I think to bike, component, and clothing choices skewing toward the very serious gravel rider. So we're going to express opinions about that today. And uh, I feel like this is the sort of setup where you're like, yeah, do whatever you want. Podcast <laughs> over.
1: <laughs> uh, kinda. I mean, gosh. I, I you know... the. <laughs> Everybody, are you flummoxed <laughs> everybody's everybody needs to make a living, and everybody's trying to make money and and you know the bike industry is constantly like if <clears throat> the masses look one way, the industry scrambles to catch up to go that way, and then they look the other way and they and the industry scrambles to go that direction and you know from uh the people who out in uh, Iowa and and Nebraska and all these people who are doing these sort of like grassroots gravel races because they don't really have places they have an abundance of roads just dirt roads that go all over the place and so they put these cool events on with just them and the friends in the local community. And it was great because that was, it was a thing of a uh, kind of necessity. You want to, you want to ride your bike or you, you know, you don't have like tons of paved roads or hills and mountains and, you know, but you've got like, uh, uh, kind of an unassuming, I think maybe that's the term like a unassuming amount of elevation gain and loss. You like, you think you're just riding around the flat, but false flats and all that stuff. That's it, like its own cool, unique sort of challenge. Uh, and, and then, you know, a few companies started saying like, oh, well we can adjust it. Like it's, I guess road, like people aren't really interested in road racing or road riding like they were. So let's all go do what all these other people are doing. And so it's just like, it's in my mind, it's like a cartoon of, like a thousand little tiny people and a couple of tiny people run to this corner of the room. And then you hear this like trampling stampede of all of the people running to that corner of the room. (laughs) And then a couple of people run to another corner room and then the whole trampling stampede follows them. And, you know, I'm always of the opinion. I don't, I don't gatekeep. I don't assume anything to be mine. Um, But there's always going to be an underground. There's always going to be people doing cool grassroots or outlaw stuff. And gravel is just the new darling, you know, like, I just, you know, it was all we ever did was just ride cross bikes and dirt or trails. And the first time I ever saw anybody riding a cross bike, like a mountain bike or riding a, a, you know, a drop bar bike in a, in an unconventional way, was it a mountain bike race, uh, in 90, gosh, I think it was 95 or 96. I saw Rick Hunter. The frame builder, Rick Hunter riding a cross bike in a mountain bike race. And I just was, that was it for me. That was the coolest shit. Cause it was, it was, it was just so weird. Like what's this tall skinny dude doing on a road bike in a mountain bike race? Like I want to, I want to do that. And so it was just I don't off to the Rick. races.
0: I don't know, Rick. I know you're friends with him. I feel like a lot of times I look, cause I, I do follow him on, uh, Instagram, uh, and so I get that little window, and even in that little window, I am often looking uh, at w- what Rick Hunter does and thinking, What are you doing? What What is that you just did? Why did you do that? He's uh, a- which I think makes him, you know, admirable for someone who doesn't know him, and probably lovable for someone who
1: does. He's the kind of guy who just does shit that he thinks is cool, you know? it's Like, he doesn't... he's not trying to appease anybody, he just, he just likes the stuff that he... That he likes, you know, and and it turns out at least, you know, and like in this instance, since this is what we're talking about, he was doing that because he liked it. Turns out everybody fucking likes it. Yeah. <laughs> and now, you know, now there's now everybody's doing it.
0: You know, this one time I saw Rick Hunter uh, eating this ice cream that looked soft and it was in a swirl <laughs> on a cone. And I was like, oh, my God, Rick Hunter invented <laughs> soft serve ice cream.
1: <laughs> oh, man, it's just. So what's the question? People oh, we didn't ask the question yet. We just oh, well, launched right in the way yeah, we do. Cute. Everybody loved it. Everybody loved it, and of, yeah, this oh, this is inevitable, right? Yeah, this is inevitable.
0: That's uh, the beginning of the question for those of you uh, at home. The question number one just says, "This is inevitable, right?" <laughs>
1: yeah. As we discussed in our <laughs> deep and meaningful episode about bike racing, generally, if people can race, they will. So who So who cares, right? Should there be race events and non-race events, i.e., should they be separated? Or is it fine to put it all together and everyone just rides however they want?
0: I think the answer, that's a, that was a whole lot of question, and the answer is yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um... I like the uh, I I have this image in my head of like some people in Idaho or wherever riding cross bikes on dirt roads. And they're being like someone in the corn and they just like pick up a phone and they call the red line in Switzerland at the UCI. And they're like, it's happening. (laughs) And they begin to plan like the world championship race and ways to extract money from it. That's what I think happens.
1: Well, one thing I don't know if they grow corn in Idaho.
0: Uh, that's a good point. I uh,
1: just conflated them with Iowa, Eastern Idaho, maybe. I mean, there's the Orida, uh hash browns or potatoes that happen in the Idaho, Yeah, but you can't really
0: hide in a potato field.
1: <laughs> no, because they lay they lay pretty close to the ground.
0: Yeah, it ruins my <clears throat> image. I should have said Iowa. Uh,
1: if there's like I said, everybody's just trying to make a living, and if there's a way that somebody sees like, we can turn this into a we can turn this into a thing and we can yeah everybody's gonna make bikes and you're gonna have gravel specific belts and you're gonna have gravel specific <laughs> fucking sweatbands and it you know it and and everybody everybody does it, yeah, I tend to eschew the norm <laughs> not Yeah. Not a person named Norm, but I've always been one who likes to stay away from, like, where the crowds go. Like, literally sure. and figuratively, I just like to be away from, you know?
0: I think that you and I need to find a way to corner a cycling market so as to earn the uh, the modest incomes that we deserve. And so my idea is... That we invent a new category. I'm going to call it fixed duro, and what it is is fixed gear enduro races. <laughs> uh, and everyone's going to have to get a fixed duro bike.
1: My head hurts. Revolting well, brand fixed duro. There's, it's uh, all those kids that are racing the uh, uh, the fixed um, fixed fix track lacrosse. The fixed gear and, and, you know, and I saw uh, this cat, Ezra Manners, he did that at the Super Cup race. And he was riding the fixed gear to Super Cup race in 97 or 98 at the Hellier Velodrome in San Jose. And I I was like, that just looks like the dumbest goddamn thing I can imagine. You're taking something that's already super hard and making it so much, so much harder. But now there's a like a track lacrosse worlds. And my friend James, he was one of the MASH SF guys one of the original Mash SF guys, he doesn't call it track lacrosse. He likes to, he prefers the term dirt tracking. If you get an apostrophe in, I'm sold. Even uh, uh, Namba, who is one of the principals at Squid Bikes, uh, he refers to it as dirt tracking. Like to me, probably track lacrosse to his, to his uh, public, but he calls it dirt tracking to me just for my own edification or, I I love it. I'm just throwing words out. I don't know what anything means. I'm just just. <laughs> let's go to dirt tracking. Uh, uh, yeah. Let's get but, us some Mountain Dew and go dirt tracking. But that's the so, thing. That's a thing. That's like a that's a a discipline all unto itself that sprung out of nowhere. That who who knows where that? I mean, it could it could start with just like a few local events, and you'd never believe it. But in five or ten years, the UCI is going to be governing. Uh, you know, a, a, a world's track lacrosse event.
0: I I feel, yeah, I see that for sure. Uh, it's definitely going to happen because that's what the UCI does. And I feel like, um, I feel like the UCI is sort of daring dirtbags to come up with a category that they won't
1: then extract money from. Or try try, try to. Yeah. Uh, well, I can't think. I Well, they haven't touched... Uh, single speed cross worlds and they haven't touched single speed mountain bike worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not and, enough gears to make money from that. Gosh. I mean, single speed mountain bike worlds. I, I, I know that COVID kind of took a hit, took a, t- uh, the schedule kind of took a hit during COVID, but I mean, that's been going on since mm, 98, 98, officially since 99. Like officially regularly, or maybe it was ninety seven the the Bob seals worlds it was it mammoth or big bear God damn it it's every day i I just lose more information I think it <laughs> well, was, here's I some good I news was big bear it
0: doesn't matter
1: <laughs> no I guess not uh but so that's been happening every year for twenty over twenty years, and the as far as I know the UCI has not touched any of that with a, with a 10 foot pole.
0: Maybe they sent a rep out to look at who was participating and they were like, nah, none of these people have any money. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, That might be, that might be, or the companies had already, you know, like single speed mountain bikes had kind of run its course and there's not a whole lot you can do with it. So they were just like, all right, deuces off to the next thing.
0: Or maybe just no one in in Europe has tried to co-opt it, so it's not fully on the radar. I don't know. I
1: don't, I don't know. Think. I mean, it's all it's all kind of uh, is just a taking stabs at what the motivation is. Because I honestly, I you know, I don't know anybody who works there works with them in any capacity. I don't know. Uh. What, I don't know what motivates them. But. Uh, yeah. I'd, or, and maybe it's just because everybody has access to roads, you know, or dirt roads and people got tired of being hit or threatened by cars or sharing public paved roads. And so they're like um, they're all about getting a little bit off the beaten path. And so that's where gravel fills everybody's uh, tanks, so to speak. Yeah, because yeah. you're not that's... in danger, you know. Yeah, that's for sure right. I don't even like to drive around in a car
0: because there are people out there doing stupid things everywhere I go.
1: I just did my first road ride. Like when I moved, I sold a bunch of bikes. I sold my road bike. Uh and I only brought with me, like, most of my stuff is still in storage, but I have a you drop bar bike, a fat tire. I don't know. It's a, I guess it's a gravel bike. It's a bike. It's a bike. It's a cross bike essentially. Yeah. I guess it's a cross bike. Um, but I did an exploration ride. I just found this, uh, some forest service roads, uh, the other day. And then, um, on my way back, I did like, I jumped on a road and I did a road ride and a bunch of roads that I had never been on before. And <clears throat> it was it was really nice like i love road riding when i'm not having soda bottles thrown at me or Mm. you know slurs yelled at me out of actually and that doesn't even bother me i just don't like the idea of getting creamed by somebody who's looking at their phone or whatever but it was really nice like i like road riding it's really peaceful
0: yeah, I did a, a gravel ride the other day that started with, I don't know, six miles of pavement, seven, eight miles, nine. I don't know how much, but it was definitely like, wow, look, you just pedal and go on this. This is pretty neat. Yeah, I haven't done. Yeah,
1: I get it. It, it definitely makes my uh it, it changes my perspective on my fitness because all of the dirt in this region is super punchy and everything goes straight up. In every direction. And so it's like, a, I feel like I'm constantly, like if you go to a gym and you lift weights, I'm not doing small reps of light weight. I'm doing, I'm powerlifting for four hours. <laughs> yeah. And it just, I just destroy, it's just, it's too hard on my body. You know, it doesn't, you're not actually developing fitness. I think you're kind of fucking yourself up when you ride like that. But because I haven't been on a road with casual ascents, uh, um, like getting out and and pedaling and going fast and feeling strong. It was such a foreign experience, a foreign sensation to me because I'm yeah. always grunting up all of these climbs. It's really nice. I don't know. Yeah. And there's a few, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, available dirt around here so I can link paved stuff up to trails and, 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 uh, logging roads and all kinds of stuff. So, I like riding. I like riding on the dirt. I don't know. I think, and I'm glad everybody's found out about it. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, I think it's good. The, the gravel writing here is very linky in the sense that, uh, the patches of woods are not vast. Uh, and so you're linking a lot of patches together by road, uh, which is fun. I like that duck in, duck out, duck in, duck out kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to shout out uh, my buddy Jace, uh, who is at New England Gravel on Instagram. If you want to see someone who is like all the way dedicated to just exploring every fraction of dirt trail in New England, follow that guy. He's doing amazing things. He's also, interestingly, he's from Huntington Beach. He's a better um, bike rider than I am, and he's a better skater than you are. Sometimes he, he he posts old skate stuff and I'm like, what?
1: Oh being a better what? being a better skater than me is not saying much. <laughs> <laughs> Good, I feel less mean for having
0: said it then. <laughs> um question two. As a person who rides a uh little bunnies around it uh, finger quotes gravel bike a lot. Uh, and who's been doing that for a long time? Do you find the creation of the category and all the stuff we've been talking about inspiring or discouraging, or are you just indifferent to it?
1: uh i I'm indifferent to it like i don't I don't need a I don't need an organizing body to validate something that I like. I don't need masses enjoying something that i like to validate it it's just like it's just you know it's just like i said when i saw rick riding a cross bike at a mountain bike race i thought it was fucking cool and then that's what yeah. i wanted to do yeah. you know now tons of people are realizing that riding a drop bar bike on dirt is bitching and it's and like, uh, I agree. We're all, we all, we all know that this is, you know, but I like, if when you it,
0: ride bikes, you're one of us.
1: But <laughs> it gets put into, uh, it gets put in a category and you got to do it like this and you need these sorts of, and you got like a gravel helmet and you got gravel specific gloves and like all of that stuff. Like, I think that's dumb, but it doesn't affect my existence one way or another. So, right. like, like I said last week, or no, it wasn't last week. It was whatever the episode just was published. Like, uh, bike riders love gear, and so yeah. they're gonna go ape shit for all the stuff that you got to have. You know, I, it's, I, there's a like a Facebook group. It's like gravel, something. Uh, it's some gravel group on on Facebook, and the and the questions that people ask are. I just got this bike. Is this going to be okay to ride on? You know, is this a good gravel bike? And it's like, it's a fucking bike and a dirt road. Like, just, just, <laughs> just stop it. You uh, Bike rider, like cyclists are, are notorious for overthinking things. Yeah. Can you ride it? Does it feel good? Does it take you places that you haven't been before? Stop. Just leave it at, please leave it at that. That's the thing that kind of irks me. But again, like you're going to fucking go down that rabbit hole. That's, that's all you, that doesn't affect my existence.
0: One of my favorite things to do, uh, when someone says, uh, to me, and this is a cyclocross person thing, but it's also an other type of uh, rider thing. They say, what do you, what do you, what did you go with for tire pressure today? (laughs) Do you think, what do you think the right tire pressure is today? And I'll roll over and I'll give their, their tire a squeeze. And I'll be like, I think you nailed it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. That's, it's but, um, I sometimes think that people do that just out of habit. Uh, one of my, one of my favorite memories. Uh, uh, this guy Dave Alderbase, who he's managed the Ironclad Road Team up in Portland or down in Portland, uh, the Oli Team, the Rainier Team. Like he's like he's been pretty integral in the cycling world uh, in Portland. And he knows he knows his stuff when it comes to training and, and road racing and stuff he's been around it for a long time and we were standing around it, we were at a single speed cross worlds I think it was uh Dan Cheever and and him and me evil beaver uh evil beaver yeah and uh, and then Dave said you you know do you, you guys want to go like do a, he asked us if we want to go do a warm-up Ride or before our race, or something. I just looked at him. I'm like, yeah, between the three of us, we're on like four different kinds of drugs right now. I don't think, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it makes <laughs> any difference. But he, yeah. you know, as soon as you could tell, as soon as the words came out of his mouth, he was like, oh, I, I for, sort of forgot where <laughs> I sort of <laughs> forgot where I was. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, but it, you know, people get into this mindset like the, the your gears got to be right your tire pressure's got to be right you got to do a warm up right
0: before <laughs> your race the warm up thing and... is hilarious i've seen people warm up before <laughs> races or people say i'm going to do a warm up are you coming and i'm my uh, thought is this, and i don't even, i don't do drugs but i was like my thought is always this Why uh, i i will need whatever it is that you're expending on that warm up i'm i need that i don't have extra yeah. i don't have extra to do before
1: I thought like that, the race is
0: all I I'm going to, like, scoop out my insides and throw them on the ground just for the race. Yeah,
1: I warm up. It, it, it made sense to me at one point and I remember doing it. But I've also like, you know, I've stood on start lines in the rain. With two hours of sleep under my belt and still drunk from the night before <gasps> and done better in the race <gasps> than, you know, races where I like. Well, I ate well, and I did a warm. I warmed up beforehand, and stuff like that. So it's 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 all arbitrary. It doesn't make any difference to me. I don't think.
0: I I think the 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 like sort of extreme unpreparedness for a race triggers your body's flight or fight response. (laughs) It's total survival. All that preparation is just like, oh, I'm comfy. I'm ready to go. You don't want to be fucking comfortable. This is how you win races. I've never won a race in my life. But how you win races is you just put yourself really
1: in a. In a survival scenario, yeah. I wish that this one race that that I'm referencing, being in the rain and drunk, was uh, it was at the the Napa Valley Dirt Classic mountain bike race. And we had gone, Robert Ives and I had gone out for our friend Jeff Reniker's birthday the night before, and uh, I think we got home at we got home at four in the morning, and then we were on the road at six to get up to Napa to race at eight. And I just was like, what the fuck is going on? I do I mean, I was I don't I vaguely remember the start of the race. But then an hour and a half in or something, I was thinking like, or maybe an hour in, I'm like, I feel actually really good. I think I was so concentrated, I was so focused on how bad I felt in every other capacity. I wasn't thinking about the pain of racing a bike. And I was just like Picking people off left and right. And it did occur to me that if I had been stone cold sober with eight hours of sleep under my belt, I might have won that day. Because I was just on fire. <laughs> and that was my that was my time to shine. But I think I ended up getting like third or something. And I, it was just, I was wasted. It was great. <laughs> I don't recommend other people do that, though.
0: Uh, here we are with... Uh... Potential Tour de France winner, Steve <laughs> Knievel, uh who's thrown his whole career away for uh, an, an Olympia beer oh, and uh, a pot brownie. Oh, it
1: was just, it's just, it's just so many bad decisions. Like a, a, the embodiment of bad decisions. Uh, so that, what was that? That was, uh. Uh, do you that was, you're the...
0: indifferent to what everyone the answer to that question was you're indifferent to everybody and you're a way better cyclist than it looks like because <laughs> you're always out. You're you're drunk. <laughs> you're just drunk all the time.
1: Uh, not drunk all the time. This is this a long time ago. I was I was uh, still racing on a regular. No. I, so, yeah, I think I'm I'm in I'm indifferent to it. And there's always going to be. There's always going to be the thing that it tra- that appeals to the masses and and the thing that appeals to the masses oftentimes starts as a little seedling that just a few like-minded people are enjoying because that's look at like everything it's just it's always like that it's the people who who come up with this kooky idea and if it's if it takes root it's going to blossom into you know gravel what gravel has become so it's just inevitable
0: I think it, it it's both things for me because I I started doing this not I started riding road bikes off road like basically a road bike with twenty eight millimeter tires on single track. Um, twenty eight millimeter. Tw- That's tiny. Yeah, centimeter. Twenty eight millimeter tires. Millimeter. What's a, a millimeter? A millimeter is one tenth of
1: <laughs> a centimeter. Is it, is it mill- the road
0: tires? They're just the fat road tires. Yeah. Is
1: it centimeter or millimeter? I never, what it's, it's a millimeter, man. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. You're okay. Sorry. Continue.
0: Anyway, I started doing that because I had friends that were doing that. It wasn't my idea. They were like, let's do this. And I was like, I don't have the bike for that. They're like, just shut up and keep pedaling. And I was like, okay. So we started doing it and I had this sense of like, Getting away with something or that's maybe not the word, but it was kind of like, oh, this is this dumb thing that we do. Again, not my idea. I'm not trying to take credit for anything. I just went along for literally the ride and. That was super fun. I was like, oh, we're doing this thing that other people generally aren't doing. And then it was like the next year, everyone was like, I think we are doing it. I think everyone is doing it now. And i found that inspiring also like oh look we we were we kind of uh, i'm not you i'm not a trendsetter but i was like oh i was kind of in uh the front end of this and then uh then everyone got into it and started making videos of themselves doing it and i kind of find that inspiring too so I, I think i'm in i think i'm actually inspired in all phases of the game but i'm 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 also still I still watch mash sf videos and feel inspired. I think people throw old shit away or like I watch BMX stuff that isn't fashionable at the moment. I'm like, "Oh, that's inspiring." Yeah. I like everybody <coughs> doing everything.
1: Well, especially if they're good at it. To to see things to to you're I think you're right. People do throw old stuff away or assume that because they just discovered it on the internet six months ago that, that they helped invent it. But then you go back and you look at, you know, like, like Joe Cade on the stingray, that, that documentary about like the inception of BMX. That's it's, it's incredible to, to think of how far it's come in 40 years, you know, like it's an Olympic sport and it started with some kooks on stingrays in gardening yeah. gloves in in a vacant lot or 45 years ago or whatever right. um so it's it's always good to whatever i what, do, what what do you how do you like sum this up it's always good to to be, to be present and to look forward but but being mindful of everything that got you and the people around you to where you are yeah cuz that stuff is that stuff is, it's literally, it's foundational.
0: I think also, I think also for cyclists, everyone is so tribal with their nonsense or like, they're like, oh, I can't do this because I'm taking this other thing very seriously. Take everything less seriously and do everything because everything is fun.
1: Yeah. I wish that I could remember. I It was probably, mm, I'm going to say 13 or 14 years ago, there was some some people in Iowa I think it was Iowa and they were putting on these grassroots gravel events and they did these promotional videos that were so good. They were so cool. Like it starts with these shots of these vistas. And I think at, like the first one, an air raid siren goes off and all these people are like popping up out of the grass and like scurrying out of the culverts and that was kind of like that was the first time i'd seen an organized gravel event you know uh, yeah and i don't remember the pe- peck is the i'm thinking the peckerwood invitational but that i don't think is the same thing god damn it ah you're going to remember sometime during the week and then
0: you'll do like a full end notes recap on this episode next Man. episode. Oh, That's it's such how
1: it works. it's such a bummer. They were they were so cool and I was in regular contact with one of the organizers. And every, you know, like every time they'd send me a flyer and a and a promo video, it's you just you didn't know one of them, I remember very uh, vividly, a guy grabs a handful of rocks off the ground. And then it cuts and it shows him putting him in his mouth. But he actually like switched out that handful of rocks for like a handful of gravel. So he's eating that or a handful of uh, granola. So he's eating. It looks like he's eating this handful of rocks he just put in his mouth. Yeah. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, because I've kind of done like a little shallow, a few shallow searches looking for the, the videos in the in the time since those were released. But that was I mean, that was kind of the first place I saw it, and it was awesome. I loved it. And it's still, it all still, they still hold up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's all still good. All still good.
1: Uh, So we didn't really, what are we at right now? We're like 50 minutes, We're almost in an hour, huh? Okay. Yeah, we got to get to would you rathering before people um, turn us off. Here, well, okay, so this week's Would You Rather, you had sent me, yesterday you'd sent me a Would You Rather, and then uh Tom had gotten a hold of me, and he gave me a Would You Rather, and half of your Would You Rather was super good, and half of his Would You Rather was super good, so we combined the two this week, Uh and it is, uh would you rather drink all the half-empty drinks after a party? Of say 20 people or say 40 people and say, this is like a high school or college party. So some of these have to have empty drinks are inevitably going to have like a cigarette butt or something that you don't want to put in your mouth, yeah. in your stomach. Okay. So you drink all the half empty drinks after a party or go barefoot into every public restroom you visit for the rest of your life. So This is the airport. You leave, you take your shoes off. At the door, you walk in across the, all the weird wet puddles into a stall or into in front of a urinal, which inevitably is going to have all uh, kinds of splatter. The splatter okay. zone. So, would you rather be tall all the half- enough to do the second one?
0: I don't think. Well, what's that? I'm not tall enough because the urinal has the splatter zone in front of it, so you kind of have to like get your feet wide in order to not stand in the splatter zone but then I'm not tall enough to um reach the actual urinal in a lot of cases so I got to like arc it or it's terrible I can't but I'm not drinking those half empty drinks <laughs> especially nowadays it's it's going to be like uh Red Bull and Everclear you're or gonna, some
1: you're going to end up with with a horrible concoction but uh, in the other side of this coin is that you're going to end up with uh, some kind of trench foot, or um, <laughs> can you get hepatitis through your feet standing in I don't in think P. so, but
0: would you then carry like uh, uh, bleach wipes around with you all everywhere uh, you
1: went? You'd have to.
0: Not that I'm in a lot of public bathrooms,
1: but this is the rest of your life. I mean, you you go into them it in is. an airport. You go into them maybe at a, at a rest stop on the side of the road on a road trip, maybe.
0: All the restaurant bathrooms count. So then I got to like barefoot through restaurants. Every
1: restaurant bathroom, every public restroom. I mean, any, like, just think about it, just yeah. like going forward. Anytime you walk into a public restroom, you think, oh man, this is a would you rather? I would t- I'd have to take my shoes off right here.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, the drinks one is horrific, but it's over quickly.
1: You're, swall- you're probably Relatively swall- speaking, you probably swallowing people's gum. Oh yeah. I mean, maybe somebody like h- hacked up a loogie and put that in their what? beer can.
0: Well, where are you at? Where I mean, I feel like you're talking
1: me out of both of them. <laughs> I'm, <gasps> I'm just being. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to present the whole picture. I'm not. I mean, they're both terrible. But they are both terrible. Yeah. I would say. I would say i would drink all the drinks
0: i think i might well i have this problem in that i'm an alcohol well i don't drink but i'm you know i because i'm an alcoholic so i can't really drink the drinks um but let's suspend disbelief let's whatever suspend
1: reality well you can because this is because you got to you got to do one or the other
0: right 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 um Twenty people's worth of half, I mean, forty people. Because not everyone. I don't know. At least when I was still drank, <laughs> I never left a half empty. You're doing,
1: there were no. you were doing. There were no. You're doing math. You just. You looked up and you kind of like went your eyes one way, or the other, and kind of cocked your head like, okay, let's see, twenty two <laughs> minus. Uh, say forty people didn't did finish their drinks. <gasps>
0: This is my favorite part of Would You the part where we get in and get serious and start doing math and, like, logistics. Yeah. This is my favorite part. So, first I have to co- overcome the fact that I'm going to be drinking even though I don't drink. It's whatever. I have to do it, but I have to do it to, and then maybe I throw up? I don't even know.
1: Oh, God. It, there it's would a nightmare to think about. Oh. There would definitely be throwing, throwing up involved.
0: Yeah. Then you're, but then otherwise you're the guy that goes barefoot in bathrooms
1: forever, for and, us, forever,
0: forever. Yeah. And so are you, like, you know, seventy years old, and they're like, and someone's like, "Grandpa, why are you taking your shoes off to go in the bathroom?" Well, there was this. Would you rather
1: once <laughs> back in back in 2022, I d- I did a back would in, you rather. This yeah, is yeah. Back
0: in the 21st century, and I committed to this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got cursed. Yeah. I think you would like. Yes. I mean, honestly, like if I grabbed a can of beer and, I was, and it was had, you know, fallen soldier or whatever on a windowsill, and you drank it and you felt like a little chunk of something going your, oh. I would, I would throw it up. So then I'd go on to the next thing, and I would drink, you know, half a glass of wine or or whatever. Like I would, but it would be like you said, it'd be a, it'd be one day of feeling kind of not well, versus a lifetime of feeling totally skeeved out because you got all kinds of junk on your feet.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute. Uh, I uh, First of all, I already have PTSD from the things that I did when I was drinking, so <laughs> <laughs> engaging in another activity that's just going to add to that is probably not awesome. Um, a barefoot in every public bathroom, I mean, my feet are pretty gross already, just by virtue of being attached to me. And so maybe it's fine. Maybe it's fine. Not every bathroom is a problem. Uh, many of the bathrooms would be just fine because Carl swabbed them out at 10 a.m. It says so right on the log by the door. Right. It's just those moments of desperation because you would begin to live your life like working around the public bathrooms. Yeah. I got to go run out to my car real quick. You know, that kind of thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that would be. That would be the workaround is you just never. You never go into a public bathroom again.
0: I feel like and I don't know if this this. This happens on the West Coast, but like on the East Coast, a lot of the public beaches have public bathrooms mm-hmm. and you're at the beach, right? So you don't have shoes on anyway. So you kind of go in there and there's water on the floor and you're like, well, it's the beach. So, of course, there's water on the floor, but there's some like denial. You have to like work the denial thing in order to use the bathroom.
1: Mm, no, no, I've never done that. I, I It's that's what flip flops are for. That is what flip. Or you put are your for. shoes But I back feel like flip flops are false, false sense <laughs> of security. <laughs> it's better. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go into a public bathroom at the beach or not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. I don't. Even, mm. I don't even. I don't even like sh- you like public use public showers in my bare feet.
0: Mm. I would do that. I'm generally not germ phobic, and I'm kind of like, oh, some pee got on my foot. Whatever. It's all the way down there. Uh, it's not like it's. It's not like
1: (laughs) your pee or someone else's pee.
0: Uh, I mean, I ideally I don't want either one on me, but if some gets on me, I'm not that bummed out about it. I'm it's not awesome. Don't get me. I'm not like I don't walk out of the bathroom going. I did it. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but I'm also not freaking out about it. Uh, but for my whole life, I mean, but uh, having said that, we've both been, everyone listening to this has been in some bathrooms where you were like, oh, no, mm-hmm. I don't even like being in here fully shod and clothed. I just don't like being in here at all. No. And, and it leads you to thinking, like, what is wrong with people? What is wrong with people that they go in the bathroom and just become, I, I would say animals, but actually animals are more... Uh, <laughs> Fastidious and how they
1: handle their business. Have you seen the graphic of uh, it says how to use a how to use a gas station bathroom and it's a sort of a side shot of a bathroom. There's a sink and a toilet, and the person has propped themselves up with hands on one wall and feet on the opposing wall, uh, <laughs> like four or five feet above the toilet, and they're yeah. they're pissing on the floor and <laughs> shitting on the ceiling. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I mean, that, that's the work. That's the workaround. We got to come up with an answer. That's the workaround is you just never go to a, you never use a public bathroom again.
0: Yeah, I'm going to drink the drinks. I'll just drink the drinks, we'll
1: drink the drinks, because you never know, like there's going to be a time where you probably want to use a public bathroom somewhere at some at some point And you're going to want to keep your shoes on.
0: You got to do it, I think. And it's also like a long term versus a very short term. I think this is actually I was not um, very enthusiastic about this. Would you rather? But actually, I think it's turned out to be almost perfect. (laughs) I'm glad because it really is. It's
1: on that line. I'm glad that we could. uh, I'm glad that we could put this together. And (laughs) now looking at the (laughs) clock, that took us almost 10 minutes to get through this. So uh, (laughs) with that, thanks for listening to Revolting. If you have any questions for us or topics you'd like us to pontificate on, You can email me at stevel at cyclingindependent.com or robot at cyclingindependent.com. If you like this or any of the other fun stuff you find on the Cycling Independent website, please share it with a friend as it's the only way for us to keep this party going. So on behalf of Cycling Independent, I'm Stevel. And I'm Robot. Don't forget to suck it.